Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Roar. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo, joined tonight by my co-host, Nick Pollock. Nick, I loved watching you at halftime uh, talking to the Fox crew during the Fox Championship game about why Alabama deserved to make it in the playoff. Yes, yes. I, I do often go under the alias Nick Saban sometimes. Yeah, I, so I, I was not watching halftime of the big tension so like i saw all the comments about the nick saban promotion all that i did not realize that that was the timing of it happening which is wild yes i nick had no idea what happened until right right before we uh recorded the pod and if i knew he had no idea this was going to happen i would have saved this (laughs) for the pod because it was one of the most brazen shameless etc things that i've ever seen but Uh, We're not here to talk about that. We're here instead to give our immediate reaction to news that just dropped. You know, it just dropped 30 some odd seconds ago, but it's something that we can say had been in the works for a good week or so. And that's Penn State making it to the Rose Bowl. The number 11 Nittany Lions are going to be playing the eighth ranked uh, Pac-12 champion Utah Utes in the Rose Bowl, in the granddaddy of them all. Um... Nick, I can can we start by just talking about the actual ranking? Because I'm fascinated at the fact they dropped <laughs> Penn State to 11. That's fascinating. Yeah, Penn, Penn State was eight in the well. Penn State was eight in the uh, last playoff rankings. The three teams directly behind them, Clemson, Kansas State, and Utah, all won their conferences. So I I okay. guess I yeah. that USC I think dropped down to ten or something. But whatever. Penn State is going to be. Uh, Number 11 team in the country win the game and we won't be talking about this, you know, yeah, win right. the game and they will be end the year as a top 10 team, all that. But Nick, I mean, I alluded to it a second ago. This is something that we had known was things have been trending in that direction for a few days. There had been numerous reports about, you know, while Ohio State. You know, Ohio State doesn't really want to go to the Rose Bowl if Ohio State's not able to make it to the playoff. Maybe Penn State can make it in. Then some losses in conference championship games put Ohio State in the playoff. Uh, Michigan beating Purdue meant there was no Big Ten champion to take the Rose Bowl spot. And now we're here. Now Penn State is heading to the granddaddy of them all. What are your general thoughts as we sit here for, again, a thing that we had a pretty good idea was going to happen but now, uh, Sunday, 2.42 p.m. Eastern time, we now know is official. Yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome. I'm really excited by it. I, I was I was fully on board uh, team putting Michigan and Ohio State in the playoff in order to secure the Rose Bowl for Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it became clear that, uh, I don't obviously Ohio State's in it now, but when it seemed like they were maybe out, um, but they were going to decline it, that was even better. But, you know, I, I'm... Again, I was willing to have both those teams in it to get the Rose Bowl just because, uh, yeah, we've talked about the, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, I feel like a lot of people kind of ended the season somewhat lethargic about what Penn State did because, like, oh, well, you lost to Ohio State and Michigan again. Sure. But after the last two years, the way that the last two years went, like, getting a double-digit win season and a Rose Bowl appearance is so big for this program. Um, just just vibe wise really so i like i'm really excited about it. i'm gonna go to the game it's it's gonna be awesome yes i am sadly not going to be able to make it out to the make it out to the rose bowl which was the case before i realized that it was on uh monday the second this year instead of on new year's day which would be uh which would be a sunday but 
you know, Nick, when we started seeing the rumblings that Penn State was going to make it to the Rose Bowl, I immediately went back to some of those pods we did in the preseason and how there was this level of anxiety, this level of angst, this level of concern about how, you know, we're looking over Penn State's schedule and going, you know, if they start one and two, are they going to just put Drew Aller in there, have him start a just go total youth movement? Mm-hmm. You know, if they lose to Ohio State and Michigan and that Minnesota game in the middle, that's a little bit difficult. Is this a seven-win team? Is this an eight-win team? Can a few things break the right way? Are they a nine-win team? And coming into the season, I was thinking Penn State was going to go to insert random Florida New Year's Day bowl game that is on a New Year's Six. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I think of is just how grateful I am that Penn State is making it. And the fact that Penn State has had a season going 10-2, and two, two losses are to playoff team. No, no two-loss team in the country has two better losses than Penn State. Yeah, No two-loss team in the country has two better losses than Penn State. If you want to talk about margin of loss, whatever, that's one thing. But in terms of the caliber of teams that they lost to, Penn State lost to the number two and the number four teams in college football. That is That stinks. That's a reminder of the way that how far Penn State has to go. But considering where we were at the beginning of the season and what we thought this Penn State team was going to accomplish, what we thought was realistic for them, because I think that's the important thing. Realistically, I thought eight or nine wins. I thought 10 wins would have been a huge stretch. And if they won 10 games, I was going to be ecstatic. And even if they won 10 games, Nick, I didn't think they were going to make it to the Rose Bowl. But now we're sitting here and I don't know about you. It feels like Penn State is playing with house money in a way heading into this game. But boy, it'd be really nice to just win the Rose Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, after um, not win. Not that I've... I. Honestly, I look back on the last Rose Bowl very fondly, despite the loss. It was an awesome football game, but yeah. um, it it would be cool. Yeah, were, now. Were, were were you there for the last one? Or? No, I wasn't. We are we are continuing our third year streak of never being in the Rose Bowl at the same time. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it it would be nice to it would be nice to win it, especially. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it'd be nice to. I I think Penn State is a better team than Utah, so it'd be nice to you know prove that. But. Um, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting, it's, it's just a really, it's, it's a really interesting matchup, I think for, you know, both sides. And, um, it, it's just a, it's a fun way. It's a really fun way to end the season for Penn state and for Utah. Yeah. And we will talk in a second about the actual game itself and Penn state playing them. But, you know, I'm looking over Twitter right now as the, uh, you know, as things start rolling in. James Franklin and Pat Kraft have put out statements about this. You know, Jawan Sider put out a little bit of a, he put out a tweet with, it's just a nose and a bunch of rose emojis. You know, the Nittany Lion tweeted, I smell roses. Sean Clifford put a post on his Instagram account where he said, quite frankly, dreams do come true. See in Pasadena and it's just a picture of the Rose Bowl. And it's a picture of Sean Clifford when he's, you know, that has to be an, a 10-year-old Sean Clifford standing outside of the Rose Bowl, holding mm, onto cool. a football and just thinking about it. And, and like, it's one of those reminders, Nick, that yeah, Penn State didn't make it to the playoff. Penn State is, you know, their two losses were humbling. And I think there is, at some point, you know, we'll have the conversation 
sometime this offseason about the gap between Penn State and then Michigan and Ohio State. That'll come. But for now, I like I just don't know how you can't sit here and be super excited about Penn State going to, you know, for how great the Orange Bowl is, how great, you know, Cotton Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, all those. There's just a gravity that the Rose Bowl has that I don't think any other any other football game other than you know the Super Bowl and the college football national championship has yeah definitely it's it's you know it's the granddaddy of them all for a reason it has that you know a little bit of a mystic aura around it for sure um and even like like you were saying even despite that like this it just it presents Penn State with a really you know you talked about the gap um and I the gap is obviously still evident between them and Michigan and Ohio State but this game presents them with one last chance to, you know, prove like, I, I think this year was a really big step forward for Penn state for a couple of like one, because you know, the success of this team was so largely fueled by the underclassmen and guys that are going to be back, which is hugely important, obviously. But you know, this was, I think this was a different Penn state team than the other you know 10 win type teams we've seen in the past because to this point every other you know successful james franklin season has involved a loss to a team they shouldn't have lost to and they were able to avoid that this year not only that but aside from you know a weird uh what thursday night opening week game at purdue and then the weather completely destroyed that northwestern game so uh, two obvious you know uh caveats there but Every other game Penn State was supposed to win, they rolled, they dominated, and they took an Auburn team. You know, at the time that we weren't sure what it was going to look like, and they steamrolled them as well. Like, yeah, this was a much different looking Penn State team, and I think one that you know I think portends much more success in the future, especially with the personnel they have coming back and getting a chance to you know kind of cap it off against a a very good Utah team in a setting like the Rose Bowl is just a really cool extra layer of validation for what they did this year yeah and it's it's how do i want to phrase this the way that james franklin played this entire season you know we're you don't want to judge until the season's 100 percent over but damn near perfect Mm -hmm. penn state again came into the season their over under was what eight and a half wins nick Mm -hmm. total was eight and a half wins they get over that, you know, that's just a reference point for this. And they did that by mixing, we're trying to win as many games as possible with our veteran guys who have gone through, you know, some nonsense the last couple of years, you know, a couple of really difficult seasons with some of our most talented contributors are first and second year players. And we are going to try to fold them in, get them game action and get them up to speed on this level of college football. And Penn State did that in such a way with the old guys shouldering the load that needed to be shouldered by older guys and the young guys showing the kind of talent that makes you excited about what the future holds that now they're paying it like that is now being paid off with how many kids in that locker room. Not, none of them were on the team that made it to the last Rose Bowl, but how many of them do you think were in high school and man, and watch Penn State the last time we were in the Rose Bowl went, man, it's really cool that that team is there. This team that wants me to come and play college football for them. This is 
they're in the Rose Bowl. They have a guy like Saquon Barkley back there. They have Trace McSorley doing Trace McSorley stuff. Chris Godwin doing Chris Godwin stuff. I want to go play for that kind of team. It's a full circle thing for them. It's a full circle thing for James Franklin, whose first New Year's Six Bowl in a Penn State, as Penn State's head coach, as a college football coach, was going to the Rose Bowl in 2016. And then you look at these young guys. Man, what better thing is there, Nick, for them to be able to end their first or second year or third year, whatever on campus, their first year as big contributors to Penn State football than with, we're going to go out there. We're going to win the Rose Bowl. We are going, we are going to try and win the Rose Bowl. You know, knock on my dog's over there. He might bark. Knock on wood that they end up winning the Rose Bowl and use that as a springboard into next season, a season that you and I and you know, plenty of other folks think could end up with an appearance in the college football playoff. And, you know, before we get into the matchup and pay some bills, that sort of thing, I just want to take a second to talk about James Franklin, Nick, because you and I talked about it all season long. This is a Penn State team that really, really needed to have a big year. There was a lot of weirdness surrounding the program, how James Franklin was carrying himself, uh, with, you know, other jobs coming, calling, that sort of thing, uh, with commitments being made to the program in the form of an extension for him, more money for this, 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 and this. They needed to deliver. Mm-hmm. And they delivered in such a way, Nick, now, that now James Franklin is heading back to the bowl game that, you know, it got through his fingertips in 2016 or 2017, I suppose. I have to think he won this is a really good way to crown what might be his best coaching job. And two, I have to think he's going to have that little something extra, that little extra juice, a little extra fire to get his team prepared for this football game because finishing off this particular season with the win in this particular game, boy, that would be something. Yeah. And you know, it's not worth rehashing all of the situations and circumstances that led to the, the tough couple of years that preceded this one. But um, I think, you know, when we think about just uh, James Franklin's, you know, legacy, I think the last time they were in this game, we have talked about how like that 2016, those the 2016, 2017 rosters, like they arrived early, like Penn State was not ready, like on a large scale, they were not, those rosters were not ever supposed to be as good as they were, like they were not built to really sustain that success at that moment just yet. They just, you know, managed to gather enough like true elite NFL type star power all at once on offense. And then they had the guy to, you know, pull the right, pull the right levers and push the right buttons and Joe Moorhead to really get it cooking that they were able to capitalize on that. But you know, the, the years after we saw, you know, the downtick, they, they got to that 11 win season then in 2019 also, but um, you know, we saw the little bit of step back, whereas this time in the Rose, but like this really feels like, like this feels like the springboard. Not that the last time did feel like a springboard as well, because we knew so many guys were coming back in 2017, but it, it really just mm-hmm. felt like a springboard for the next season. To me, this Rose Bowl right now represents the springboard for, you know, the second or third, however you want to split up the eras, like era of James Franklin's Penn State. Like this now feels like going forward, there is an entirely new set of expectations for what this roster should be because the talent that is one amassed on the current roster still in like incoming with the next recruiting class, all that, like there's a new standard set. And I think this, you know, this is the culmination of 
the work that he's done at Penn State to this point, whether it be um, you know player development or recruiting or building a coaching staff. Like this is, it, I think it's fair to say this could be the best coaching staff that James Franklin has had at Penn State yeah. or anywhere for that matter. But um, like everything has. Every the you know when you, t- you talked about like the additional investments made by the school, the contracts, you know the the continuing evolution of NIL stuff around the team, it all feels like it's bubbling up in unison now. Whereas before, it was just the immediate personnel side of the pot was kind of boiling. Mm-hmm. Now everything is working together, and it really seems like it's getting ready to explode. Yes, yeah, speaking of uh, getting ready to explode, folks, your closet. Can explode with t-shirts from Homefield. You like that one? Mm-hmm. Can explode with t-shirts one. from our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. If you're a college sports fan on the internet, surely you know who Kyle, who Homefield Apparel is. But if you are not, they are a premium collegiate apparel brand. They are based out of lovely Indianapolis, Indiana. We were almost going to have an incident with them, uh, depending on who Penn State could have played in the Rose Bowl. But we will talk about that in a second. Uh, I'm currently wearing my We Are a uh, shirt from them. Uh, it like everything that I have from Homefield Apparel. I truly love. They're comfortable. They're unique. The designs are awesome. Make you feel a little bit closer to your school, the school that you love, or a school that you're interested in. You want to learn more about. If you've always been fascinated, and you know, I've mentioned on the pod before. After St. Peter's made a run to the uh, Elite Eight last year, I bought a pair of St. Peter's joggers from them. They're one of my favorite pairs of pants. I am a big fan of Homefield Apparel. They, of course, sponsor this podcast. And because they sponsor this podcast, you are able to benefit from that. If you are a new customer, you can use the promo code ROARLIONSROAR, one word, all uppercase, to get 15% off of your first order with Homefield Apparel. Again, if you're a new customer with Homefield Apparel, use the promo code ROARLIONSROAR, one word, all uppercase, for 15% off of your first order. Thank you again to Homefield Apparel for sponsoring this podcast. Nick, let's get back to talking about the Rose Bowl and talk about the game itself and who Penn State's going to be playing. The eighth-ranked Utah Utes, the champions of the Pac-12, after a win that they uh, picked up over USC over the weekend, finished season 10-3. and three. Uh, Again, our number eight in the college football playoff rankings, heading into bowl season with Penn State at number 11. First time that these two programs have ever played football against one another. I think this is going to be an awesome football game. Yeah, the first time they've played, but you know, Utah, you know, very spiritually fits in with the Big Ten West, so it's I don't yeah. think it's going to feel that different. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really cool matchup, and I, I know the thing we were talking about in the Slack was when it seemed like if USC had been able to clinch the Pac-12, it looked like this was going to be a game between Penn State and Washington, you know, which mm-hmm. would have been fun just for the the Michael Penix rematch and the fact that Washington has such a high-flying passing attack would have been fun to see against Penn State secondary. But I think this game against Utah is a much better test of, uh, you know, I think the big thing that we've seen from Penn State this year is that the, one of the reasons they've been able to improve so much is because the offensive line play, defensive line play, and the running game have been so much better. And Utah presents a really interesting chance to kind of prove how much that is true or how much of that was just, um, you know, a function of playing the teams that they did to end the season, which were not particularly strong against any of those areas. So it's a, it's a fascinating matchup in that regard. I think it's going to be, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's the Rose bowl, right? So there's already like, it's not, 
the bad boy mowers bowl in New York city. Like you, you're going to pay a little bit of extra attention to it as a coaching staff anyway. But I think the players are going to be, you know, jazzed up to prove that they, you know, especially, you know, Penn state being obviously not the big 10 winner this year, it's going to be an interesting challenge and a fun, you know, sticking point for them to say, Hey, we went out and we beat the PAC 12 champion. Yeah. And it gives Penn state an opportunity to kind of, uh, gives Penn State an opportunity to kind of shut down the one like big talking point against them this season, mm-hmm. right? Which is that they did not get a signature win, a win over a big opponent, anything like that. You go out and you beat the two-time defending Pac-12 champions. They, they uh, won the conference in 2021 or won the conference championship game in 2021, won it this year against USC. You know, they won it against USC in a manner that was – very similar to Ohio State's loss to Michigan, where mm-hmm. you had, obviously there was the you know caveat that Caleb Williams was banged up in that game. But at a certain point, and this is what I think makes this game so interesting, at a certain point, USC, try as they might, Utah just pummeled them to a point where they ran out of gas, and Utah was able to start running all over them. That game heading into the fourth quarter, uh, give me one second so I can pull it up here. Boop, 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 I say boop, it's also right. also a lot easier not to discount it when it's the second time they beat them this year. Right? Yeah, yeah. Second time they beat them this year, and fourth quarter, uh, very beginning of the fourth quarter, USC scores a touchdown to make it twenty-seven twenty-four Utah, and then Utah just pulled away with that game to win forty-seven twenty-four. And to add everything on top of this, Nick, Utah was in this game last year. Mm-hmm. Utah played an Ohio State team that. You know, Ohio State's went into that game. Hobbled isn't the right word, but they went into that game, we'll say compromised. A bunch of their best players decided they were not going to play in this football game. Garrett yeah. Wilson, Chris Olave, I think a few guys uh, elsewhere on their team all decided, yeah, we're just not going to play in the bowl. We don't want to play in the Rose Bowl. And what ended up happening to Utah? CJ Stroud threw for 573 yards on them, six touchdowns. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 15 receptions, 347 yards, three touchdowns. Marvin Harrison had three touchdowns of his own. You really think this team is going to come into this football game and not want to get a little bit of revenge? revenge I don't want to say revenge for that, but kind of uh, save face a little bit considering how that game went for them. You know, that was an embarrassing way for them to lose that game to an Ohio State team that didn't have a number of their best players. They're going to want to come out and they're going to want to put on a show this time against a Penn State team that, you know, love them as much as we do. I think you would agree with me. They are not as good as last year's Ohio State team. So, yeah, I'm yeah, certainly not. I'm, I'm fascinated in seeing how Utah approaches that. I mean, you and I, we both watched the Pac-12 championship game. And at a certain point, it became evident to us that Penn State wasn't going to play Washington. If, mm-hmm. You know, USC wasn't going to get into the playoff. We're going to talk about this game more and more over the coming weeks because we need content. But what are just your general thoughts on this matchup and what it presents to Penn State going up against a really good, really solid? Yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> like like you said, it's again, it's really not all that different from playing like let's say like peak Wisconsin necessarily. Um, and then really, really quick to your point, yeah, obviously like. 
Utah is not looking for revenge against Penn State per se, right. but you know it's not a secret that there's a perception that the Pac-12 is a weaker conference than the other Power Fives. So it definitely is like a point, I think, a point of pride for them to say, hey, we can go out and beat a really good Big Ten team. So it, it's not revenge necessarily, but it's definitely a similar wavelength. But yeah, Utah, you know, they're going to try to punch Penn State in the mouth. And like I said before, like this is a really good test for where Penn State needed to grow coming into this year and where it seems they have grown. Like this is a great opportunity for them to cap off the year and prove that that growth either happened or didn't. Not to say that, you know, the success or failure of that in this one single game is the, you know, the end all be all for the year, but it's a, you know, it's a Utah team that they're going to they're going to be physical with you. They're going to run the ball straight down their throat, straight down your throat if they get the chance. They score, they hold teams off the scoreboard. Like this is a really good football team and you know, I think there's probably a lot of Penn State fans who, unless you watch the Pac-12 championship, you probably haven't really heard much from Utah since their week one uh, loss to Florida, which they're, I, I think it's fair to say they're a much better team now than they were in that week one game. Yeah. So Agreed. it's a, again, like I don't think it's going to feel all that different than playing one of those Big Ten West teams when they're, you know, on the up. But it's just, you know, it's it's a different it's a different kind of game than Penn State's really had this year so far. It's it's like, because, I mean, you can draw similarities to Michigan, I guess, but it's it's a bit different than that, I think. Yeah, and this is a team whose entire brand is based on physicality. Their quarterback, Cameron Rising, one of my favorite players to watch in college football. He, he like, fun. He's, he seems like a glutton for punishment. He seems like he really likes when he gets hit very hard. They're running backs, Tavion Thompson, Micah Bernard. They're guys that bring the lumber. Their defense, everyone seems like they hit hard. They are coached incredibly well. They know exactly where they need to be. A couple moments in that USC game where they had busts down the field, and I'm interested in seeing if Penn State could take advantage of that, especially uh, – you know, I, I believe they said Parker Washington is out for the season. So especially yeah. without Parker, that you know, potentially really big game for Penn State's tight ends. Uh, and then their pass catchers, they don't have they, they spread the ball around a little bit, but their tight end Dalton Kincaid, it might be the best in all of college football. Yeah. So I'm I'm basically going to sit here and pray that Olu Fashanu is able to get healthy in time to play in this game because, like you mentioned, Nick, Penn State is if they can win up front in this game on both sides of the football, I I will it's pick over. them to win. Yeah. Um have to look. I don't know. I believe SP plus has Penn State says Penn State would be about a one point favorite. I don't Yeah, think... I believe I believe the in the rankings, Penn State is ten and Utah is eleven, I think. Yeah, it's something like yeah. that. Uh it doesn't look like let me uh let me check my email and see if the god Jimmy Shapiro shot me an email. And uh, while, while yeah. you're doing that, yeah, so uh, that like like you said, like the thing is, like as interesting of a matchup as this is, if Penn State can win in the trenches, I don't think it should be all that difficult for them because I, unless there's someone I'm blanking on, Penn State's defense is going to be easily the best that Utah has faced this year. So that's you know that's one side of the coin here, and then also you know I just you know if you break it down even more specifically, like Utah, they they don't beat you by throwing the football. So I think Manny Diaz is going to feel really comfortable, even without Joey Porter Jr. playing in this game. I think he's going to be really comfortable leaving Kalen King and Johnny Dixon on islands um, 
I wouldn't be surprised at all to see uh, Jair Brown spend a lot of time uh, matched up in the slot as well and on the tight ends. I, I just I think Penn State's going to be able to devote a lot of resources to stopping the run, and that's easier than said than easier said than done. Uh, Utah has a very good run game, but like very. if Penn State can do its job, this is a pretty good matchup for the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I can't unfortunately we can't find anything uh, with odds for the game, but yeah, I mean we we we'll do a lot more diving in to this game in the coming again in the coming weeks. Uh, last thing I'll say before, you know, we wrap this up, talk about any other final things you might want to talk about. I think this is a really good opportunity for Penn State's defensive line, Penn State's front seven in general, after how things went for them in that Michigan game. Because Mm -hmm. again, after that game, James Franklin talked a lot about the need to be more physical, the need to win in those situations, those sorts of things, because Penn State just got gashed in that football game. And Utah is coming into this game averaging 220 yards of offense on the ground. I don't have, uh, you know, like advanced stats on them, but I would imagine, uh, pulling this up right now, that their rushing offense and Michigan's rushing offense both probably top 10 or so in the sport. Uh, Michigan is at 243. Utah's a couple spots behind them. So I think Penn State's front is going to have to redeem itself a bit from that game uh, against Utah, against Michigan. And if they can, yeah, like you mentioned, Nick, I think this is a game that Penn State could very much win. So I'm going to sit here. I'm going to be really happy, really optimistic with how things uh with how things are shaking out here. Um, any Before we go, any uh, any final thoughts on the Rose Bowl? And then just anything on this bowl season in general beyond Penn State that has piqued your interest? Um, I think just the bowl games in general, just because it feels like more than most years, we know so little about college football yeah. this year. Like we really, no one has any idea who's good and who's not. So it's, I, I think I'm going to be a little bit more invested in watching other bowl games than I typically have been in the past. It's 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 not like I won't watch other games. It's more just you know, especially around like the holidays, right? It just kind of becomes background noise a lot in a lot of cases. But like especially the New Year's Six bowls, like Alabama Kansas State, that is a fascinating game to me because I don't think Alabama is actually very good. Well, the thing, well, the thing, Nick. How many times have we seen over the years Alabama misses out on the playoff, and then they go into, you know, a New Year's Six game and have zero juice? And if there's one thing right. you could say about Kansas State, that team is going to be fired up for that football game. I do wonder if that's different this year for Alabama because, like, this wasn't like a they lost a playoff spot in the last two weeks type thing. Like they've known sure. for a bit that's that fair. they're not going to be that's in. Fair. So I wonder if that plays a part in all, but. Yeah, I mean, overall, it's just there's a lot of really interesting and fun matchups. I mean, Clemson, Tennessee is sadistically interesting. Uh, Tulane and um, who's Tulane playing? Um, Tulane is playing the mighty Trojans of the USC. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really fun matchup. Like there's there's yeah, a lot, especially- and even the the playoff matchups themselves should be really interesting too. So I'm just excited to watch football around new year's this year it's there's a lot of really enticing entertaining matchups and penn state utah is one of them so it's gonna be a fun fun bowl season what would be funnier ohio state and michigan in a rematch and ohio state wins or ohio state and michigan in a rematch and michigan wins Mm. i can't believe you even have to think about this 
Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm thinking more about this, the people on social media that I interact with and follow more. Okay. Like, I have more Ohio State on my timeline than Michigan, I think. But I think... Actually, you know what I think is the funniest outcome? I think the funniest outcome is Ohio State wins it all. Michigan loses in the semi. So Ohio State wins it all without playing Michigan again. And then both sides still get to be angry about something. Mm. Hmm. I think that's an interesting outcome. I had not considered that possibility because the funniest thing to me is Michigan whooping up on Ohio State third game in a row. And this is where I remind everyone that I live in Columbus, Ohio. So I don't think anything would be funnier than getting ready, getting just like take in the beauty that would be Columbus sports talk. I, I don't think I mentioned this on the pod. I got back to Columbus after, you know, a weekend of doing stuff. Uh, on the Monday after Ohio State, Michigan. And I turned on Columbus Sports Talk Radio and the cope that came out from that. There were, there were so many random schmucks just saying, now listen, I know that this person involved in Ohio State football knows more than I do. But it was beautiful. I need that again. I, I, I think... Ohio State pummeling Georgia and getting their hopes up and then going on to play Michigan and getting pummeled would be funny. But like, I also, you know, I'd probably pick Michigan and Georgia to make it to the championship game. And can I, can Georgia. I present another alternative? Sure. Ohio State beats Michigan and then Jim Harbaugh leaves for the NFL. Because then, then at that point, do yeah, Michigan that fans fun. even care that they won the game? Probably yeah, not. Prob- yeah, yeah, probably. There's, would, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of fascinating routes this yes. can take. Who are, who who are you picking to win a, win the national championship? I mean, I I don't hate the idea of putting money on Ohio State. Really, I same especially if uh, Smith and Jigba is able to come back and play, um, and Travion Henderson as well. I think Mayan Williams he's he'll be back. He's healthy now. I don't whatever he's at. Uh, just just white but real quick. Uh, Current odds, Georgia minus 130, Michigan plus 250, Ohio State plus 400, TCU plus 1800. I think there are much worse bets than throwing 100 bucks on a, you know, if you have this kind of money, throwing 100 bucks on Ohio State. Yeah, I actually, I actually really like, I would not mind putting money on TCU to get past the first round, just because Mm. I think Duggan is a really interesting challenge, but I don't see them winning at all. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I, I I mean the smart money is obviously Georgia. Um, yeah. But I I I think the best value here is Ohio State. Yeah, I, I I think there is really good because here's the thing: if Ohio State gets past Georgia, like Georgia is better top to bottom than those uh, than the other two football teams. So right. if Ohio State find a way to get past them, the issue is that Ohio State is a very soft football program. So I don't think they can uh-huh. pass Georgia. But yeah, I would I'd probably pick Georgia. Uh, yeah, should be a really fun bowl season. It's awesome that Penn State's going to be part of the uh, New Year's Six picture this year. Uh, Nick, any final things before I wrap things up? No, I don't think I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to this upcoming month or so more than I have in the past. Obviously, like one, the build up to the Rose Bowl and Utah will be fun, but you know, all the stuff that's going to happen in recruiting and the portal and all that. It's going to be a really, really fun month. I think. 
Yeah, and we haven't even had England bowing out at the World Cup, which is going to be funnier, <laughs> more fun than anything. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this edition of Roar Lions. Roar, as always, make sure you're subscribing wherever you go and get your podcast. If you use Apple Podcasts, please go leave us a five-star review. If you're using Spotify or any other one where you can leave some sort of a five-star rating, please go and do that. If you use, if you're on YouTube, want to watch these podcasts on YouTube, head into the comment section, talk about Penn state football with some other folks should be a fun time. And of course, make sure you are following us on our Twitter account at RLR blog. And one more time, want to say thank you to our sponsor, Homefield apparel again, for new customers, use the promo code roar lions, roar one word, all uppercase for 15% off of your first order. One last time, thank you everyone for listening to this edition of the pod. For Nick Pollock, I'm Bill DeFilippo. Take care, everyone. Go State.